Well, greetings and welcome to The Dividing Line. My name is James White. We're coming to you live from Pryor, Oklahoma. I will be speaking at Grace Life Church here in Pryor, where I've spoken many times before, uh, with Pastor Derek Melton on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings. Got here a little bit on the early side just because I, I don't, I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but I sort of like Derek. Yeah, we sort of get along real well and stuff like that. That probably has ruined any future that he has um, with lots of people. But anyway, by the way, uh, this is a test program. Uh, this is a testing dividing line. We're doing lots of testing these days. If you are new to our program, um, we are. I am currently sitting in our traveling studio, which we have built uh, in a fifth wheel trailer. Uh, this is the bedroom, <laughs> and, but it's not anymore. Uh, it is a fully functional uh, 4K, um, two-camera shoot um, studio uh, that uh, we are very, very proud of and very, very happy to have and uh, hope to use in the future to do lots of neat, cool stuff. I hope that Derek will be able to join me uh, probably on Thursday uh, to do uh, a dividing line. And that'll be the first time we've used two microphones and have the cameras different and stuff like that. But this is, uh, so we're testing lots of stuff and Rich is constantly tweaking things. Um, and then I show up wearing a shirt like this, which untweaks everything that he had tweaked before. In fact, I'm purposely trying to see if the cameras, if I can blow the cameras up. So if, can I put so much color into one screen that they just go and then we'll know. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but we're, I actually wore, I actually wore, I wore this shirt while driving today, actually. So. Okay. Well, great. Wonderful. And I, I just realized Try to oh. needs to go. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Anyway, what I was trying to tell you before I was so rudely interrupted by myself. Uh, that actually is making it worse, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's better. Anyway, <laughs> we're trying to be professionals, but we just really don't fit into that. Uh, today is a test dividing line in how we are accessing the internet and getting the stream to you. Uh, we are we are asking Elon Musk uh, for his assistance today uh, because we are using our Starlink system for the first time. And uh, every time, every, we've actually never used it for a program before. Now think about it. Every time we have tested or tried to do things like that, Rich has said we've gotten... I guess on his end, he gets different colored bars as to how much bandwidth we have and how reliable it is and stuff like that. And it doesn't do well. Um, it's very, very fast. But doing something regularly, like a stream, it's not so good at that. So we're trying it right now because for some reason, our 5G connection device was sort of acting like Starlink <laughs> earlier on. And uh, now we're now we're on Starlink. So the only thing that could really uh, go wrong um, 
is Derek has a new puppy dog and she is a puppy. She's about six months old and she chews on everything. And so if she finds the cable leading to the satellite connector, which is a good distance out that away, and hence it could happen, uh, and she chews through it, um, that'll be the end of that. <laughs> so, well, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm, hear, I'm hearing myself now. Rich? I'm I'm hearing myself coming back now. So we thank you. Very good. That's very confusing. That's the best way in the world to throw somebody off off what they're saying is to start saying what they were saying back to them. So anyways, just what? Well, it did. Um it was uh, it sounded like your your microphone was on. So and I was hearing what was going on there. Anyway, so if in the next few minutes or the next half hour or whatever, uh, I start doing the Max Headroom thing, which is getting old is really interesting because I know what Max Headroom was and Rich knows what Max Headroom was, but the vast majority of young people have no earthly idea what that even refers to. And so there are so many really super useful illustrations that just don't mean anything anymore. Um, so it's sad. But anyways, if if we start getting glitchy and stuff like that, just please be patient with us. Um, we're just finding different ways of getting access. And who knows, you know, maybe someday we'll be hiding out in, in forests trying to get access <laughs> because the regime's after us. <clears throat> anyway, okay, so I have seen some weird, weird, and I let, let me make sure you understand weird stuff recently. I honestly don't know almost anything about General Michael Flynn. That is his name, isn't it? I think it is. See, that shows you. When it comes to all the ins and outs of everything that took place between 2016 and 2020 and who got throwing the hooskow and, and and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, I'm no expert on any of those things. And so I will tell you that right up front. But I've been seeing little dribs and drabs of very concerning stuff coming out of, I guess, the, the, the broad milieu of what's becoming the Trump campaign. And it, it it's troubling because there is a, well, it is connected in a way to the broad Christian nationalism discussion, but in a very negative fashion. And it's a, it's a kind of religious Trumpianism. It's a, it has Christian overtones. Um, I saw, and see, here's one of the problems. I, I saw a, um, I sent this to a friend this morning. That's why I can find it. Free prayer event. It's on my phone, so I can't show it to you right now. Pastors for Trump 2024. Um, this was on the 11th of May. 
Um, so I guess we missed it. But uh, Flynn was a part of it. Uh, Roger Stone, Joe Hoft, Sean Fucht, Jimmy Levy Levy, David and Stacy Whited, and host Jackson Lawmeyer. I don't know the vast majority of these people. Um, but it was Trump Doral, and it's a free prayer event. And I'm, I don't know most of these people. Slight ring of a bell for, for a few. But there's this religious movement going on. And someone today posted a picture of a billboard that had been put up somewhere in Georgia. I had to look it up because, again, how do I know that that prayer event thing is real? I don't. Um, anyone with skilled Photoshop, you know, mad Photoshop skills can make stuff like that. And we've, I think all of us have been taken in at one point or another by something because it's made to just look so very, very real. And when I saw this uh, billboard and given what they're doing up in Moscow with the Christ is Lord billboards, you know, made me wonder uh, it was a quotation of Isaiah, a portion of Isaiah 9, 6, with a picture of Trump. The government will be upon his shoulders. And then a reference to Romans uh, Romans eight seventeen, which isn't even connected. But And someone was saying, just, just stop this, stop the blasphemy. And, and I had to ask, is this real? And most people didn't know one way or the other. Someone said, no, it's real. So I did some looking around and I found an article that from 2021 where this had been put up and then taken down because of the backlash that had come against it. And I'm just, I'm asking myself the question, who would pay money to do this? Who would even want to quote scripture in this fashion and even suggest some kind of biblical prophecy that is actually messianic being applied to Donald Trump. And then, then this came up and um, I, I don't, I remember back in the 80s, some discussions of Elizabeth Clare Prophet, a New Age influenced false prophet, obviously, um, didn't pay a lot of attention outside of, okay, just another one of those false teachers out there. And I was focused upon Mormonism primarily at that point in time. And so watching her in this clip, first of all, <laughs> it reminds me that we live in a wonderful day of 4K resolution. <laughs> that, that my first uh, video, my first digital camera was this big and had, took pictures at 640 by 480. 
try blowing that up. Uh, well, we all did. We all tried blowing that up, and it looked terrible. Uh, so the the video of Elizabeth Claire Prophet here that I'll show you, not exactly high resolution. Someone, and I guess I should have looked. I'm not even sure how I grabbed this video, to be honest with you. Oh, it was in Twitter. I clicked on it, and it opened up in a whole new window. So anyway, someone, and my thanks go out goes out to whoever it was, took the time to take this clip and put it parallel to a public prayer. It was, it was General Flynn, and he's in the video, leading people in this prayer, in some type of this, again, this strange mixture of politics and religion that is these people are going across the United States and it's I'll, I'll just put it as simply as I can it looks like a cult okay it looks like the beginning of a cult and it has the earmarks of a of a cult and this what I'm about to play for you is like amazing it it it, it really really is so here's what I saw on Twitter. I'm going to play it for you. I hope it works for you. Um, and you you tell me what what you think. I am present. I am here, oh God. And I am the instrument of those sevenfold rays and archangels. We are your instrument of those sevenfold rays and all your archangels. All of them. And I will not retreat. I will take my stand. I will not fear to speak. And I will be the instrument of God's will, whatever it is. We will not retreat. We will not retreat. We will stand our ground. We'll, we will not fear to speak. We will be the instrument of your will, whatever it is. Here I am, so help me God, in the name of Archangel Michael and his legions. I am preborn, and I shall remain preborn, and I shall not be enslaved by any foe within or without. In your name, and the name of your legions, we are freeborn, and we shall remain freeborn, and we shall not be enslaved by any foe, within or without. So help me, God. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you very much. Um, that. Um, that should t totally freak you out. Here you have General Flynn leading a, a, a huge room full of people. And I seem to recall a couple years ago, there was this tour, I guess is what you'd call it, 
uh, across America featuring a lot of these people. I don't remember if Paula White was involved with it. I wouldn't be stunned or shocked if she was. But the point is, whatever we just saw was, first of all, uh, I was about to say, first of all, was plagiarized. And then I realized, wait a minute, we don't know what that means anymore. We we can't even use that term anymore, can we? Um, we don't know what plagiarism is any longer. Um, but let's just go back to the old days when using something without proper attribution was uh, was plagiarism. Okay, making it sound like you are making this. Now I could be wrong. Maybe I'm being misled. Maybe he stood up there and said, I am going to lead you in a prayer that I that originally was prayed by Elizabeth Clare Prophet in 1984. Maybe he did that. And if so, that means it's a cult. Because <laughs> Elizabeth Clare Prophet was a cult leader. But I have this really strong feeling um, that that's not what was said that there was no attribution now does did flynn do that well, once again we run we run into questions that have been raised by recent events over the past few years and even months um did did he pull that quote or did somebody else pull that quote and feed it to him and he said oh this sounds great this sounds wonderful um yeah let's run with this i i am i don't know i don't know where the source was well i know what the source was i don't know how that got transferred into a religio political gathering where you're literally leading people to say these words i i, I don't know but I'm deeply troubled, um, not only just for the next, you know, year and a half prior to the 2024 election. The 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 level of national insanity that could be reached over the next number of months. Um. I don't even know how to comment on it. I I'm literally getting to the point where when you when you turn the computer on in the morning and you just see the level of insanity not only here in the United States um but overseas as well. Stuff happening in the UK. I I have a I have an article for example um that I was looking at I think yesterday and uh, it came out of the UK Evernote quick unexpectedly at least when Mac has something crash it, it tries to say that it happened unexpectedly rather than the rather generic blue screen of death um, uh, unscheduled sudden disassembly or something along those lines um but it was about, yeah, parents to appeal in four-year-old forced pride parade case. 
And this came out of the United Kingdom. And the the clarity of the state's identification of Christian parents or parents with almost any moral content whatsoever as outside being outside of where the society should be was stunning. Um, forcing four-year-olds, sexualizing four-year-olds. I, I mean, there just comes a point where, where you go, how can it get any crazier than this? Well, something tells between now and 2024, um, it's going to, it's going to get even crazier than it is now. Unfortunately, this strange cultic Trumpianism stuff that's going on. First of all, Donald Trump needs to simply come out and put an end to it. If he doesn't, he knows it's happening. He's not a stupid man. I don't think he's a deep thinker, but he's not a stupid man. In my opinion, and I've said this before on this program, Donald Trump suffers from a level of pride and arrogance and egotism that is extremely troubling. And unfortunately, he has not surrounded himself with the kind of Christian people who would either call him out or who would by their behavior and life provide an example to him if he were in fact a baby Christian or something like that. Um, the Paula Whites of the world do not, that, that does not show much in the way of discernment on the part of Donald Trump. Now, let me be honest. Do I think that the 2020 election was tampered with? Unquestionable. Unquestionable. I have seen no meaningful refutation of 20,000 mules. I thought that was very, very well done. I live in Maricopa County. I live in the vortex of election corruption. I, I literally live as an individual now that I have no confidence whatsoever that my personal vote has any meaning at all, either that it's accurately counted or that it's not washed away by 20,000 fake votes along the way. That's where I'm coming from. So do I believe that Donald Trump won Maricopa County? Yeah, I, th I think he did. I, I, I don't think there's any question about it. So do I think he, he was robbed? Yes. But does that mean that he just automatically gets to be president again? No. And in fact, my statement has been, personally, I'm just talking as a citizen here, I'm not talking first and foremost as a theologian, though I can't speak any other way. From my perspective, if he truly loved this nation more than he loves himself, 
he would step aside and throw his support behind a candidate that could unify and win and actually make a difference. But that would require him to be able to recognize the fundamental truths of a Christian worldview. And while as president, and that was a while ago now, he did things that, you know, he he nominated better judicial choices than Hillary Clinton would have. Duh. That's that's not really a question. But the reality is, if you want to see if a person understands how the worldview impacts our current situation in the world now, find out where they stand on what mankind is and how mankind has been created and what the uh, sources are that we have been given to be able to cause a culture of life versus a culture of death. Did he do positive things in regards to abortion? Yes. Um, Does he have a Christian understanding of God as creator and therefore the roles of sexuality, marriage, male and female? No. No, he doesn't. The fact is that um, he really, he's a New Yorker. He's an elite, rich New Yorker. And elite, rich New Yorkers uh, have no problem with homosexuality at all. And so the people, the quote-unquote Christians who would go come around and lay their hands on him are the very same Christians that do not have a biblical foundation for understanding the gender binary as created by God, the nature of marriage, any of that stuff. And so he lacks the worldview foundation to be able to act consistently. And the scary thing is, whoever his opponent is, even if it's ditzy Joe Biden, who I cannot imagine the level of dementia that he would he will be displaying by the time of the election of 2024. The man has dementia. He has a form of Alzheimer's. He is not mentally competent. We all know that. That is not even a question. And it's only going to get worse. It is such an amazing insult to this nation that the left is propping this man up while a shadow government sells us into slavery to a globalist society primarily influenced and run by China. Um, it is it is an insult well worth a people who have had so much light and have sinned in a high hand against that light to be betrayed treasonously by an Alzheimer's patient. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, you know, I, 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 
and then he's eating grass for a period of time. And that's sort of what's happened to us. We became so self-centered. It's all about me. It's never about service. It's never about others. Um, the judgment that is coming upon us, we murder our unborn children. We mutilate our born children. We turn our men into eunuchs um, and our, our women into men. All of the good aspects of God's creation taken away from us because we don't deserve them. We don't, we, we've, we have forfeited the blessings that God has given to us. And right now I'm sitting in relative peace. I mean, man, I look out this window. Everything is green. <laughs> you need to understand for a Phoenician, this is almost like, did the red and blue guns in the TV stop working or something? It's just, everything is green. And the first thought across my mind is how much it would cost to irrigate <laughs> this amount of land to make everything this green. It's just it's astonishing. Um, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any particular fear right now of what's going on here. I'm in rural Oklahoma. I am very close to a major, major, massive Google facility. It's huge. Got its own power plant and everything. It's massive. One of their big, 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 big centers. And sadly, I was just talking with Pastor Derek. Uh, that has resulted in the utter corruption of the public schools in this area. They have changed in only a, a short number of years. LGBT flags, the whole nine yards. Google, Google in some language somewhere means the gates of hell. Um, because, yeah, they certainly want to promote that kind of stuff. So, so this is what's going on around us. This is the judgment that's coming upon us. And, for, and most of us are just living in the momentum, in the inertia of what had existed in the past. And I don't know how long that's going to, going to last. It's absolutely falling apart in many places in our nation. I still, I, I think every day, I think about the fact that the state of Washington has placed into law its claim to be able to remove children from a family and mutilate them if the parents will not agree to their mutilation. I haven't had the opportunity of engaging someone who would defend something like that. I don't know that we could find anyone because it's utterly indefensible. We know what they would say on MSNBC. We know what they would say on CNN. But you know what would happen if one of those people had to actually engage with almost anyone with the capacity of, of, of doing critical thinking and public speaking. Um, I would not show any mercy in that situation, nor do I think I should. If they try to take on myself, if they, if they try to take on Jeff Durbin, if they tried to take on, uh, well, 
you've seen some of them try to take on someone like a Jordan Peterson. They they get run over. And sometimes they don't even know it. Or a Matt Walsh. Just by common grace for those guys. They can't they can't engage with us because their positions are irrational. Utterly irrational. But they're never challenged. And so that's how, how they can get away with it. it Reminds me of Barry Lynn when we debated in 2001 on homosexuality. The look on his face was the look of a man who had been going to easy press contexts for most of his life and had never been seriously challenged. And that's where, where these people are. So anyway... What's going to happen over the next number of months, I think, is going to only further reveal the real heart of where this nation is. There are days that I want to feel like, you know, because I'll be driving down the road. I've got a CB radio in my truck. We, uh, Rich installed it. He was rather proud of how well he did that. But, of course... That's because he was thinking back to the olden days. Because we're old. <laughs> and he had installed CBs before, back in the day when we all said 10-4 rubber ducky and stuff like that. So anyway, I'll sometimes run into a, um, well, like the, the, the big oversized load things when they're going down the road. If there's more than one, well, even even sometimes when it's just the, the chase vehicles and lead vehicle and something like that, I ran into one today. I just I just didn't even bother trying to get around it. It was that was the widest load I've ever seen on a road before. It was it was two full lanes plus some. And so I didn't even I just slowed down and followed behind it. I semis went past it, but man, that was it was, it was no thank you. But they'll talk a lot on Channel 19, on the CB. And I remember on my last trip, I just happened to start listening to these two guys talking. And given their language, they weren't Christians. But they were talking about this transgender stuff. And by simple common grace, they're like, this stuff's nuts. This is crazy. What are these people talking about? So... There are days when I get this positive feeling that, you know, I think the majority of folks realize this stuff's just just nuts. It really is crazy. And, and we're all going to rise up. And then I realize, uh, why aren't they already doing that? Well, it's because they lose their job and they don't think it's important enough to make that sacrifice. And that's the issue. That's the problem. Um. So I don't know if you had ever seen that particular um, clip before. And if there's, if I'm missing something, y'all feel, y'all, you know, and tell me, I, I actually uh, have Twitter up right now. I just put it back up on my screen here. And uh, if, if you think I missed something there, um, let me know. And, Maybe I'll maybe I'll see it in time to make some type of a uh, comment about it. But if that type of stuff's going on, 
especially people who are really concerned about the necessity to communicate to our society how you can have life. Now, I'd like to I'd like to put away all the labels for a second. And the the fighting that's been going on. And the fact that the way that we have argued about eschatology for centuries is keeping us from making much in the way of progress in coming to understand key elements of the questions we're facing today. Let's try to put that aside for a second. Um, I've seen people talking about loser theology. And of course, uh, John MacArthur preached that sermon, I think it was last year, maybe maybe earlier than that, but I think it was last year, where he says, and by the way, unless you're a post-millennialist, we lose down here. I would like to think that even my dispensational premillennial friends would want to amend that statement. Um, even if you say that it is God's intention for the for Christ to rule in such a fashion that the results of that ruling are only spiritual in nature in the blessing of the church and not necessarily the blessing of the church in growth but in maybe purity or something along those lines even here to say that that there would be a emendation to the statement so that it says something along the lines of from the world's perspective we lose down here i'd still like to know how christ must put all of his enemies under his under his feet and if that I guess that requires that he's actually not reigning now, but that he only begins to reign sometime in the future. Whereas it's really painfully obvious in 1 Corinthians 15, he's reigning now. Um, but anyway, you, you, these are issues that do have to be thought through. And I have explained that my own development in eschatology has been prompted by the need to re, to take eschatology out of the speculative sideshow that it normally is. And it is normally a sideshow. And to connect it to the central elements of Christian theology. So take it from down here and put it up here and say this needs to be consistent with what we have up here at the very top. Okay. I think that's important. I, I'm, I am thankful that the past few years have forced many of us to get serious about a subject that we weren't overly serious about before. Now, does that, does that also mean that there are people who have lost their minds over the subject? Well... 
My opinion, there's nothing new about that. One of the reasons I avoided eschatology for most of my life was because of the utter imbalance, lack of charity and love and graciousness that marked pretty much all eschatological conversation that I was forced uh, to have to deal with. I just, I got sick of it and I'm like, no more. I, I, that's why I put it aside. So are there, are there people who can, who have actually um, started to lose balance over these eschatological issues? Yes. Is that anything new? Unfortunately, no. It's just more obvious right now. But having said all that, and it's, what I'm saying is I'm not saying stop thinking about these things, put them aside, and disconnect them because we can't. And I see a lot of people today saying, well, I'm just so sick and tired of this whole thing. And I get it. I understand. But we can't do that. Here's my question. Here's what I want to try to say. How do we, as Christians, living in a day where the culture of death is not only becoming completely predominant, but absolutely open in its goals and its methodologies, because that's where we are. Um, develop drugs that murder baby and babies, and it would turn the mother's womb into a place of death, either violently, through the process of abortion, external abortion, surgical abortion, or chemically. Use that knowledge God has given you of how the body works to murder the child in the womb. That's the culture of death. And then, as soon as they're born, pervert them. Do not give them examples of mommies and daddies, but two daddies, two mommies, three mommies, three daddies, two daddies, three mommies, whatever. It's all a social construct anyways. And then when they become confused, mutilate their bodies. Make sure they never have children. Make sure that young lady never nurses a child, never knows what it's like to give life to nurture a child. Destroy her reproductive system. Inject her with male hormones. Let her grow a beard. Or for the boy? Chemically castrate him. Turn him into a eunuch. Long before he can even vote Drive a car, drink a beer, give him the right to destroy the rest of his life. Fundamentally alter his future. Lower his life expectancy radically. This is the culture we live in, the culture of death. Christians have the message of life. 
Christians serve the very author of life. Jesus told us that he has life and he can give it to whomever he pleases. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. We, of necessity, live in the culture of life. And the more consistently we follow the teachings and example of Jesus, the more we will spread life, experience life, create life, demonstrate what life actually is. And this is why the denizens of the culture of death detest the true Christian church. They don't, they don't care about the false Christian church that just runs around and does its thing. But the culture of life that flows naturally from the living of the Christian faith, the living of the Christian life, is the legacy that we can pass on to generation after generation after generation. And so how, how are we doing that? I mean, for someone of my age, we're still sitting here stunned at the stuff we're seeing. Okay. We, we just can't get used to it. But what we have to do is start to get past that and realize this is where God has called us now. This isn't this isn't 1950s any longer or 1980s any longer. This is where we are. Every time you see one of those TikTok videos, one of those crazed teachers intent upon destroying the lives and minds of their students because they themselves have been destroyed. Their lives have been destroyed. In most instances, they themselves are dysfunctional. And so they think they're doing the right thing by causing their students to experience the same dysfunctionality they themselves experience. What are we doing other than just simply expressing our detestation of them? Are we presenting a positive, life-based alternative? Well, I hope so, that at least as far as as far as we have the ability to do so within our families, within our communities, within our churches. We are demonstrating what it means to be a follower of him who said he was the way, the truth, and the life. But that means we need to be quick to speak of the goodness of that which makes for life, the goodness of motherhood, the goodness of fatherhood. There is absolutely no room for us for a moment to be ashamed of the things that God has given us that are good and bring life. I mean, this last, this last, um, this last Mother's Day, I heard about a number of places that were saying, 
basically you can't make people feel bad because they may have a different understanding of motherhood than you. And so let's be careful how we talk about Mother's Day. Well, look, I I remember very, very clearly in 2010, my mom passed away in January of 2010. And that March, I think, just a few matter of two months later, I was in uh, London. I was in Wandsworth, London. And uh, I didn't realize that in the UK, they have a form of Mother's Day much earlier than, than we have Mother's Day. And so I walked around a corner in a just a little, we call it a 7-Eleven, Circle K type thing. Different names over there, obviously. I remember exactly which one it was. And here was a display of Mother's Day gifts and cards and stuff. And that was the first time it just hit me like a ton of bricks. That my mom was gone. I was never going to be able to wish her Happy Mother's Day again, give her a call, um, buy her a little gift, hear her voice again. I am thankful to say I can still hear her voice to this day. Um, but it never crossed my mind, not once, to complain to the store manager that they had a display like that because it made me feel bad. Never crossed my mind. But that's how it is now. If you celebrate the good gift of motherhood, and let's say you had a lousy mom, okay? We live in a fallen world. There are people who've had lousy fathers and lousy mothers. I, I I realize that. And those of us who didn't should be deeply thankful. But there are people who've had, you know, there are broken families everywhere. I get it. But it is not life to not celebrate the good simply because you've experienced bad in relationship to that which is supposed to be good. An adult, especially a, a believer, will recognize that, yes, I, I experienced bad things in my childhood. And what's the result of that? I want to make sure that my children don't experience the same things. Not that I'm gonna not gonna have kids or that I'm gonna no. It's I'm going to do better. I'm gonna do the right thing. That's what adults do. Now we live in a in a society, the culture of death does not look forward to a future. The culture of death cannot even begin to contemplate what it would be like to have a future and to seek that future and to build for that future because what you want is death, not life. And that's why they can literally talk about mutilating an eight-year-old boy by chemically castrating him and not think about what that means 50 years from now. What that's going to mean for society, what's going to mean for him, for his family, they don't care. 
the culture of death does not look to the future because the future is marked by death. We're the only ones that are going to look to the future because we know the author of life. And if you know the author of life, then you build, you invest, you give of yourself. If anything marks the current American culture, it is absolute self-centeredness. It's all about me. It's never about anything more than that. And that kind of culture cannot last. That kind of culture simply, simply cannot last. So I, as I look toward what's coming over the next 18 months, here's my prayer. And by the way, um, by the way, I just now saw this. Not sure it's going to make any difference. Um, I didn't get a chance. I don't know that I'll get a chance between now and Thursday, though I think I should. There's a new sermon series from Andy Stanley. And I want to address it because I think... If I'm hearing it correctly, we will see the laying of the foundation for how you utilize what's called red letter Christianity to lay the foundation for acceptance of LGBTQ categories. I fear that's what I'm hearing. And I say, I say I fear that honestly. I don't want to see Andy Stanley go there. I never want to see anyone go there. But what I'm hearing, I've heard before. So hopefully, um, the next, maybe not the next time we get together, but after that, we can start looking at that sermon and consider those things. But... In closing, here's my here's my prayer for us. Here's what I want to call us to. I don't think I I have any capacity to fundamentally change the nature of the conversation taking place in the church um, in the United States in regards to eschatology, politics, the role of the church, things like that. I have a voice. I will have a voice um, in July in Littleton, Colorado. I'll be speaking at a church there on this subject. And then in September, before the G3 conference, the pre-conference, the G3 pre-conference, I guess it's called, that GBTS is sponsoring my specific topic is to at least in a foundational way address some of the issues of government overreach that took place during COVID and the reason I was asked specifically to address that now there's going to be lots of Q&A so that that's where a lot of the debate will take place but as most of you know um 
Apologia Church sought to be of Christian assistance to believing Christian men amongst the Navy SEALs. And that included writing a statement that they submitted as part of their religious exemption request. And I wrote that statement. So I do have a voice to address these things and to engage people. And hopefully in a way that is edifying to a wide variety of folks. But I can't change the tone of things. I can refuse to embrace the tone of others. I can try to say to those who would agree with me that Christ must reign until all his enemies are put under his feet. That, that Daniel 7 does describe the enthronement of Christ. And that Psalm 2 is completely relevant to what needs to be said to magistrates. And, and I can try to be an example to those who would believe, who would agree with me on these things of patient steadfastness and graciousness toward others. Teach these things by example, not by blunt force trauma, not by memes. Even when you disagree, hey, I disagree with what John MacArthur said about we lose down here. Okay, I can understand how someone might be able to say something good from that and put it in a different context. But he specifically mentioned post-millennialism. I don't think he really accurately represented it. But I can disagree with John MacArthur. I disagree with John MacArthur at the Shepherds Conference back when he went after the amillennialists. How many years ago was that? Remember, that one, that one got everybody awake, didn't it? Uh, I can disagree with John MacArthur while completely thanking God for a lifelong ministry. I thank God for R.C. Sproul's lifelong ministry. Was he wrong about Thomas? <laughs> thousand percent. But I don't have to. When I wrote The Potter's Freedom, I showed respect back to Norman Geisler, even though I absolutely shredded his arguments. That can be done. And in fact, my suggestion is that has a much longer positive impact than doing it the easy way, which is more of the flamethrower approach. But we who represent the culture of life need to speak in such a fashion that we are demonstrating by our words that we are the recipients of supernatural life and that we actually desire life for those who have not yet experienced it or who have been deprived of it because of their deception. God may grant them repentance. It's going to be hard for a lot of our churches. Hard for a lot of our churches. to learn to pastorally deal with those who have been physically and mentally destroyed by the culture of death. 
but we have to learn to do it. I'm not saying I have all the answers as to how that's to be done, but we need to be prepared to do it. So be a culture warrior for life. Not a culture warrior for a particular eschatology or something. A culture warrior for life. Sacrifice yourself for life, the life of others. I think if the Spirit of God really moves and causes all of us to have that kind of a perspective, that's when you're going to have a real impact. And we'll be able to truly start saying to our, our nation, you see what's happening? You see it coming all apart? You know why? We'll tell you why. We'll tell you why. And we'll, we'll point the way to life. We'll point the way to life. So that's my suggestion. By the way, just really quickly, and then we'll um, uh, wrap up. Uh, I can't see it here now. It, You know how Twitter is. It'll show you something, and then it's like, oh, you were interested in that? I'll never show it to you again. <laughs> you can scroll and scroll and scroll and bleh, never find it. But it looks like... Um, I'm going to be the last guy to finally get this fellow on my program because I'd, I'd like to talk to him. But Joel Webin just posted something, and, of course, it will not come up again. Uh, that's just the way that it is. Um, but he had, is it uh, Shooping? Is that is that the last name of the former Eastern Orthodox uh, gentleman? And he's talking about the three deadly heresies of Eastern Orthodoxy. I'd very much like to uh, interview that gentleman myself. I've got lots of um, questions I would like to ask from his perspective. And so, uh, but look up Joel Webin. He just had him on and I'm going to download it and listen to it myself. And uh, I saw that as it was, as it was going by. And so maybe you'll be able to find that and uh, get some use out of it. Okay, so um, I will try. I don't know how to do Thursday yet. Um, maybe I'll do a, a part of the program with Derek because I'm parked in his yard. <laughs> Alice is right over there. Uh, his dog is right there. Um, and his dog loves where I have my um, pose for the RV uh, out there and she's um, drinking I guess it's leaking some or something we used better... to drink out of hoses I know I know you young people not even believe that <laughs> that's you want to drink water when it's cold and you're playing outside in the summer in Pennsylvania you drink out of the hose uh, nobody does that anymore but anyway better, better, better that she's drinking out of it and not chewing on it yes Yes. So, Rich, did we get through this? We did. And uh, by the way, folks can actually hear me. So just so you know that. Um, yes. Really, really good stream. So, um, you know, Starlink is, um, is, is a, now I did see a post from uh, Elon this morning saying that they were working, they, they made major advances on latency and a number of satellites had been uh, put up. Uh, really? Combating that problem. So, 
All I can tell you is I'm thrilled. Yeah. Because I have been dragging this thing all over the United States, <laughs> bouncing around in the bottom of this RV. Yep. And <clears throat> and and I'm gonna have to admit, it's easy to set up. Oh good. I mean, it's another step. I mean, right now I'm at 25, 30 minutes just setting everything up. Yeah, but you're not allowed um, to be around any trees though. Uh, that's why it has a really, 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 really long cable. Oh. <laughs> because I would say it's a solid 20 yards that way. Okay. Because there's a big old tree there. And oh. it kept saying you need to find a better spot. Yeah. And even where it is, it said you need to find a better spot. Huh. Well, that's, and I just gave up because I didn't want to go any farther. That's it's very, and not only that. It is completely overcast, and I'm not talking lightly overcast. It is heavily overcast. Wow. And we still got it. So yay to Starlink, yay to us, uh, yay to uh, the little dog that's now walking away. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really, really encouraged by this. I really am because that's sort of our Achilles heel uh, by, by nature of what we're trying to do here. Um, but I'm – I'm jazzed. I'm really, really excited about this. So, yay. That's that's super cool. Uh, did you all notice I did something? I'm going to show you one more thing before we go here. See this? See that there? It's not a mirror anymore. Well, it's still a mirror. I knew I couldn't take the mirrors out. That would be silly. Um, but I covered it with that frost-type stuff because this camera would bounce off that and you'd basically be looking at the kitchen sink on the far end. And also would be looking at right where I leave my garbage bag. <laughs> so it's just sort of like, and I can't cover it anymore because we took the door off. So there was, there was no place to go. So, uh, and by the way, I have a, it's supposed to arrive tomorrow, a whole new background. It almost looks like, look at that. Oh, that's a freaky effect. Yeah, that's cool. Anyway, <laughs> whole new background. I don't know if I can get it in by Thursday because I have to do it well. And I'm not really good at doing this kind of stuff. This kind of stuff Rich does really well. He's Tim the Toolman Taylor. He really is. He's just not nearly as funny as Tim the Toolman Taylor. But he is Tim the Toolman Taylor. And he used to go <laughs> whenever he'd get something done. He used. To, I haven't heard that in a long time. I haven't heard that in a long time. Now that he may do that when I'm not here. So maybe when this table fit right in here and it, it it's it doesn't move and it it's just absolutely perfect. Maybe once I got in, he went <laughs> I don't know, but I wasn't here to see it. And in fact, maybe that's what blew his knee out was he was <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But uh so there the, the, I I am planning on a new background that I think may diminish some of the problems that Rich has with the color on the back. But then I wear shirts like this, so what does it matter? It's just, who cares? It's just, it's coogees with no sleeves. That's that's where we are right now. Anyhow, we've had enough fun. Thanks for listening to The Dividing Line today. Lord willing, we'll see you on Thursday. Thank you to the Starlink system for bringing us to you today. They're not sponsoring this program, however. We are paying them. We'll see you next time. God bless.